Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 320. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I have two special guests for the podcast today. They are Jay and Samara Harvey, founders of Trailer Cash Academy. Jay and Samara started their mobile home investing journey in 2017 after losing over $90,000 in unfortunately unsuccessful real estate deals. We'll dig into those stories. But in a matter of three short years, they have completed over 400 mobile home transactions and perfected the process of creating quick cash and cash flow using basic real estate strategies in mobile home parks. They've been happily married for nine years and currently reside in Irvine, California. I had a great time talking with Jay and Samara on the podcast today where we started with things like mindset and how they managed to escape their unfulfilling nine to five day jobs and are now successful full-time real estate investors. So much great content, so much great energy with these two. So I'm really excited to bring them on the show. So let's go ahead and jump right into this week's episode. All right, today, welcome on the show, Jay and Samara Harvey. Jay, Samara, hey, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. It's not often we get a tag team duo on the other <laughs> end of the mic, but we have two people for our audience members listening in, Jay and Samara, tag team real estate investor couple. So welcome to the show. Guys, tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, what you do, and kind of your journey into the real estate investing world. For sure. Yeah. So. What we did was we started off in corporate America, like a lot of people, you know, we sipped the Kool-Aid, maybe sipped it a little <laughs> too long. And we honestly started to feel like we were just unfulfilled with our roles. We didn't feel like we were living a really purposeful life. We felt like we had more to give to the world. We tried a few things and failed at a few things. Like we tried personal training. We tried opening up a photography business. We tried even network marketing. I was out there, you know, selling the crazy rap things. It was crazy out there. <laughs> and um, one day you actually stumbled across an ad for Rich Dad event. Yeah. Right? So there was oh, a yeah. Rich Dad event. And, you know, we had never really thought of the idea of real estate investing. I think we've read the, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So that kind of triggered us. And we're like, man, we should try this out. Let's go and see what this is about. And so we went to the event and we were super inspired. Like, we felt like, hey, this could really complement our both of our strengths. I think this is something we were really inspired by the, the deals that people were able to get done and how quickly things were happening. So we were like, let's jump in. Like, this is it. So we ended up jumping in very quickly. <laughs> and, you know, within our first few months, we found a mentor. We ended up investing $30,000 into a fix and flip. But come to find out this mentor was actually a scammer, took our money and ran 
and shortly after, like weeks after we had invested that money, we invested $60,000 into a burnout fix and flip. Like, literally, we walked in there. You could see through the roof. There was a sun, <laughs> a sky roof. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> whole roof. No, like the walls were coming down. It was terrible. Uh, but we were just excited to jump in. So we invested $60,000 of borrowed money and our own money into that project. We thought we would get our money back in three to four months comes to find out we didn't get our money back for about 15 months. So at that point, we were almost out a hundred grand and we were in a place where we're like, man, this isn't really working well, but we didn't feel right just stopping. Like we were like, man, there was something still pulling us into real estate. And then Jay actually found, you know, he was going to a real estate seminar and he found our next mentor. Yeah. He was, um, he's like 80, 85 years old. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he was getting busy though, man. He was very busy. He was, actually flipping homes. They weren't residential properties. He was talking about mobile homes. He was bringing in twenty to $30,000 per month. He wasn't using a lot of his own money. If he was, it was no more than maybe five to $7,000. And he was talking about how so many people are just missing this boat when they're starting off in, with real estate investing. So he went over a few concepts of how this all works. And I ran home, told Samira, I was so excited about it. And she was like, mobile homes, Oh hell no, 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 no mobile homes. We're not, <laughs> you know, we're not doing any trailer trash and eight mile type stuff. But once we started to do our research, we started to figure out like, hey, not only can we make a business out of this, but we can actually serve a lot of people. A lot of people need access to affordable housing. So up to date, we've been able to do over 400 transactions. And the greatest thing is being able to help thousands of students across America get their first deal closed. So it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's part of the competitive advantage of mobile homes, right? Is that stigma of people, you know, wanting to avoid them or, you know, why would you ever invest in mobile homes, right? But you guys kind of took that unpolished gym and, you know, kind of found that diamond in a rough in terms of an asset class through mobile homes. Exactly. Absolutely. There's a ton of stigma when it comes to mobile homes. And that's, you know, initially that was my thoughts. Like, man, are there even, are these worth anything? Would people even want them? But come to find out, it's a whole different world when you run the numbers and you really see the demand for affordable housing. There's definitely a goldmine behind it. Yeah, it's funny. I'll tell a quick personal story. So my girlfriend is from Maine. I don't think she really knew what mobile homes were when she moved down here to Texas. But me being from Oklahoma, you know, is a common place to see mobile homes. So there are people throughout this country that maybe don't even know what mobile homes are or never have really even seen them in real life. So that was kind of funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, most people don't know until you know, right? Like until you're exposed to this opportunity or to, you know, what mobile homes are, even looking to make money with them. I remember we drove past or I drove past a mobile home park every single day on my way to work. Didn't even know it was there until I got into this industry. So it's very common. People just don't notice them. Yeah. So backing up, you guys are both working corporate America thinking, you know, like, you know, just nine to fives, not very fulfilling. You know, there's something more out there. So you're trying to, you know, do these side hustles of a photography business or personal training and all these different things. Then you kind of stumble and find real estate investing. But even further, you find yourself in mobile home parks. So how does one kind of make that progression from like corporate America, nine to five on one end of the spectrum to mobile home park millionaires on the other end of the spectrum? Man. First and foremost, it takes being open. I think that's the first thing, just being open to trying new things. I think being in the nine to five world for so long, we each had a sense of comfort. And, you know, with comfortable, it's it's hard to step into that uncomfortable zone, which they also call your wealth zone. 
And it really started us like reprogramming our mind and creating new habits so that, you know, we can actually see ourselves, create a higher vision for ourselves moving forward out of the nine to five world and actually into the business that we uh, established with real estate and even through mobile home investors. Yeah. And I think the journey, you know, we would have never thought we would be mobile home investors. That's not necessarily what we got into real estate to do, but just like Jay said, being open to opportunities, really looking for, you know, where everybody's running, that it's not necessarily the best way to go. You kind of have to kind of create your own lane, look for the niches, look for, you know, where are the opportunities that maybe other people are not aware of because that's where those blue oceans are. And that's where a ton of opportunities and resources and money and people that need to be served. And then uh, lastly, just leveraging our jobs, leveraging the little bit of time that we had left in the corporate world so that we give ourselves the time to learn, to gain the skill sets in order to transition from the nine to five to the full-time entrepreneur. Yeah, I love that. Leveraging your day job is a good perspective. So many people find themselves in a situation that you guys were once in, Jay and Samara, and that is having a nine to five, right? Everybody has to have an income. So you know, the most typical thing for that is having a day job, right? But it's really hard to break out of that routine. And if you're comfortable, you're making a nice salary. It takes a lot of like umph and like, I don't know, something to, you know, come home and, you know, put in the after hours work and try to, you know, make something on your off time. So how did you guys balance that when you guys were still transitioning from your day jobs to real estate investors? Yeah, it took a lot of time management. I think there was some late nights there. I'm not going to lie, you know, learning, reviewing courses, doing calls, you know, using every time that we had to kind of push our business forward in any way. I remember we would do calls on our lunch breaks and we would, you know, after work, we would set, you know, dinner and then we would have two to three hours where we would really focus on our business and how to grow it. And the weekends took a lot of our time. So you just, it just takes, you know, that commitment and that dedication and sacrifice of your time a little bit more but it's all for the bigger purpose because once you kind of tap into it, you have a little bit more confidence and even bring it when you're creating some income with that side hustle, you can now see how you can transition out of it. So it did take a lot of time. Yeah. Sacrificing, you know, some sleep first and foremost, because (laughs) while we're in the nine to five there, you wake up, you know, you brush your teeth, you go to the gym, you get ready, and then you're just in the job, in that job atmosphere. And before you know it, you recognize like, man, I give him my job the best energy of the day. So what did it take is waking up one or two hours earlier so that we can focus on giving our best energy to ourselves and to our business first, and then even sacrificing a little bit more time after work so that we can make sure that we're doing everything in our power to not use the excuse of, I don't have enough time. No, it's just sacrificing time to get our business to where we want it to be. Yeah. And you know, during this kind of transition phase, you guys are sacrificing, like you said, a lot of time, a lot of energy, resources, money, you know, studying and going around the country to conferences and all those things. I'm sure, you know, you weren't doing this just because you hate free time and you don't enjoy Netflix as much as the next person, right? So what was like, what was driving you? What was, you know, making you want to, you know, strive for more? I think the biggest thing for us is really just controlling our time, doing what we want with the time that we have. You know, we always want to say like, hey, I want to live the life I love. And at that point, we just simply weren't doing that. We were sacrificing some of the best years of our lives and sacrificing the most energy to help someone else build their own dream. So with us being in control of our own destiny is very important. So I think that's the biggest thing that pushed us. It's like, hey, you know, we have an opportunity here. You know, we're young. 
We're living in America. We're living in the best years of our lives right now. This is the perfect opportunity for us to create something on our own. Yeah. And I think we were so uncomfortable and so unhappy in our jobs that it was like, hey, there has to be a better way. Like, I think that uncomfort actually pushed us to, you know, the desire level even further. I think if we were very comfortable and cushy in our job, it might not have been enough to kind of push us to go a little bit harder, just wake up earlier, to stay up later. But I think we were just knew there was more to life and that freedom was calling us. And so, you know, that uncomfort definitely kind of pushed us out to go a little harder than we might have if, if there was an easier opportunity there. Yeah, it's almost a blessing in disguise having that uncomfort, right? Because you could have easily been comfortable and satisfied with your position in life. I'm sure you guys had great jobs, it sounds. You could have just, you know, coasted and, you know, kind of made it, you know, from here on out, invest in your 401k and kick up for the next 40 years and live a kind of average, semi comfortable lifestyle. But you wanted something more, and that's not easy to achieve all the time. No, no, not at all. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that was pushing us is, at least for myself, is, you know, I would look at my next position. If I worked super hard, gave, you know, extra time and energy to getting that promotion, I could have my manager's uh, position. But I saw how unhappy he was. He would come in, he would even complain about the job. He would complain about the unhappiness he had and his family and things he couldn't afford. And I would just see you know, like where he was spending a lot of his time as well. It would be a lot of, you know, going to the happy hours, going to different, you know, family functions and watching a bunch of TV, but ultimately not giving the best energy and best time to his gift. And his gift was actually being able to create knives. Like this guy would like, Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Make knives from scratch. He brought a couple of them into the office. I'm like, man, you should be doing that full time. And you would ask him like, why aren't you doing that? Why are you making a living out of that? He's like, uh, uh, it's just something I'll do for fun. It's like, you're not giving yourself permission to step out of this comfort zone, even though your comfort zone is making you feel like crap. So you know, that pushed me. I said, hey, I know that position is there, but I don't ever want to see myself ending up like that. So I got to shift. I got to do something different. Wow. That's really powerful. Just kind of thinking, you know, of yourself and like that next step or, you know, looking down the line and saying like, man, does that how I really want to live my life? And the answer is no, you've got to do something else, right? Right. Exactly. You know, you're on the wrong path. If you're not looking to go further, you're not looking for your boss's job. I was the same way. I was like, man, he looks unhappy in there. He would sit with his hands in his face or his face in his hands and just didn't look happy. And I'm like, man, you gave 20, 30 years to doing that. There's got to be a better way that we've got to shift. Well, kudos to both of you for kind of figuring that out at a young age and then going out and trying to make something on your own. So you guys start investing a lot in yourself, educating yourself, going to conferences, going to that rich dad, poor dad conference. And then you found a mentor you had a couple kind of mishaps right off the bat, though. Honestly, if I were you guys, I don't know if I would have been able to overcome that just mentally, right? So you guys had a lot of resolve to be like, take a 60K hit, take a 30K hit and still keep going. So you guys must have really wanted it. Tell us what was going on in your mind. You know, most people just give up, honestly. Yeah, man, it was a, like an ego strike. You know, um, <laughs> I started to get around the town and people started to hear about it. And we felt so embarrassed, felt so ashamed. And you know, I was like, you know what? This can't be the ending story about us. These people can't just hear this and then we we'll just go back to the nine to five and that's all they know about us. So it started to actually drive us to become more, to change the story, not just for ourselves, but for what other people think about us as well. That's very important. When we say other people, 
We're talking about our close family members and our close friends. You know, at the end of the day, we want that respect and we want to get it through through hard work and perseverance. So we started to look at that as not so much of a failure, but just as a lesson. We knew there was something bigger. We just had to become more. We had to make that shift and just accept the challenge that was thrown our way. Yeah, I would definitely piggyback on that and just say, you know, it also was, you know, some of the relationships and people we had in our environment that encouraged us to keep going and gave us resources to keep going. Because if Jay wouldn't have been invited to that real estate conference to find the mentor, you know, we may not have continued to push forward. We just had, you know, in our journey, surrounded ourselves with good friendships, good people that we're all on a journey together, you know, some were further along than us, some were still getting started just like us. But nonetheless, we had encouragement. And I think that really helped us as well, just to say, hey, you know, yeah, that, that was a mistake. We all make mistakes, we fall down, but hey, keep pushing. We can always make that back. This is just the part, the beginning of the journey. This doesn't have to be the end. Absolutely. I love it. Well, kind of continuing down this real estate investing journey, after you kind of overcome those couple first mishaps, you land in mobile home park investing. So tell us how that came about, what your thoughts were, and kind of your foray into that world. Yeah. When we were doing so much research, we first found out that there was an affordable housing crisis going on in America. And we just simply didn't know the demand was so high. So once you get past the stigma of all the trailer trash and the eight mile, you start to see like, man, there's actually a lot of people that you get to serve. You have the opportunity to serve them. So when we saw that, we started to just become more aware of all the different mobile home parks around us. And then what was really cool is we had our mentor there that we actually didn't get scanned by. And he actually provided us ways to actually go into these parks, how to find these deals, how to analyze these properties and how to actually, you know, buy and sell them and make a profit. But more importantly, have your buyer and your seller uh, walking away with a smile. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that surprised us is, you know, and we kind of teach this on our YouTube channel, we kind of put out our test ads or hack ads where we were like, hey, if we actually buy one of these things, is somebody going to, are we going to get stuck with it? So we started testing the market to see if we would get a response. And within hours, we'd had hundreds of people asking for these homes. And we were like, man, I mean, if we can just get one, it shouldn't be too hard to sell it. And that's been our experience throughout this whole process is that, you know, when you have a good home, you can sell it so quickly because there's so many people that need it. And so it's been one of the reasons we've been able to kind of do so many deals in that amount of time in a short amount of time is because as soon as you find them, you can sell them. And they're so quick to sell because in most states, it's just a title at the MBD. So the transfer process is literally, you give me the cash, I'm going to sign the title and we're done versus going through inspections and appraisals and all of that you would do in a traditional single family home. Yeah, we were doing deals so fast because we were surprised, you know, even with our failures, quote unquote failures that we had in the real estate space, we were still able to get complete a couple wholesale deals in the real estate world before we got into mobile home investing. We were closing deals faster than each of those deals in the real estate space. So we started and we just couldn't get enough. That's awesome. So let's kind of get into the specifics of your strategy. It doesn't sound like you're necessarily going in and buying entire mobile home park communities, but rather individual mobile home parks. So tell us, am I right there? Yeah. So we're basically purchasing um, individual mobile homes in the park. So there's mobile homes in parks. There's also mobile homes on land. Right. The park owner obviously owns the land in the park. And then usually the homeowner usually owns their own land. So we're going in, we're saying, hey, we're not purchasing the land. We want to purchase 
the home. This is residential. This is uh, considered a chattel piece of property since it's personal property versus real estate. Yeah. So we have multiple strategies. We actually learned a lot of strategies from real estate that we kind of brought over like wholesaling and brokering and fix and flipping. We also create passive income with these properties with seller financing. So we have quite a few strategies that we use depending on you know how much money you have to invest. Do you have no money? You know Where you are in your journey as far as getting your first deal done. And so we kind of learned that along the way. We didn't start off with all these strategies, but just kind of learning how to operate in those parks, we had to come up with unique ways to serve people. Yeah, we learned that, you know, with these homes compared to regular single family homes or mobile homes, you only need to make sure that big five repair items are functional. So we're talking about plumbing, the roofing, subflooring, electrical, and the AC. You just want to okay. get those items functional. And then the cosmetic issues, you can literally put the home on the market, sell it, be low market value and that buyer will come in, be happy about buying that home and they'll go in and actually fix all the cosmetic repairs throughout the home. Now, in my experience, Jane Samara, sometimes banks are hesitant to lend specifically on the mobile home itself. So that often leads a seller to do seller financing. It sounds like that's what you guys are doing. Is that right? Correct. We find that a lot of individuals just, one, they can't go get a, approved for a loan for a home, a regular mm-hmm. single family home. And you know, with banks, it's very rare for them to actually loan on older mobile homes. Uh, we find right. that, you know, the newer homes, 10 or 15 years old, they've been in a park and that park is rated a four or five star community. They wouldn't necessarily mind lending on those, but the average person, they're just not going to be able to go out and get a, a loan that easily. So that's where we step in. Sometimes individuals want to buy for cash. Sometimes individuals want to buy with seller financing. And the great thing is, you know, when they purchase the home again, they are buying the home. We're acting as a bank. We're not mm-hmm. doing any type of repairs. We're not acting as a landlord. We're specifically acting as a bank. Yeah, that's great. So once again, kind of going back to that underserved community, right? I mean, keep in mind, this is an affordable kind of housing space, right? So maybe these people can't qualify for a traditional bank loan or the banks just won't lend on the type of property that they choose to live in. So you guys are finding a need in the community, going out, serving that need, and also profiting off of it. So sometimes you're going to either flip the mobile home to the next buyer, or you might act as the bank and carry the note for that buyer to purchase the mobile home, allowing you to kind of go out and do this again and again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, one of the great things about you know when we first got started, we really focused on those seller financing opportunities because we were able to find these homes for under $5,000. And then a lot of the times we would do minimal repairs, you know, bare, like Jay said, just getting that big five up to standard. And then we were able to collect a decent down payment. So let's just say we part on our first deal, we purchased it for $2,000. We put $500 of repairs into it just to kind of spruce it up, clean it up. Mm -hmm. And then we were able to get a $2,000 down payment from our new buyer and collect the payments for around $300 per month for the next five years. So we were able to get our money back within, you know, under six months, within a, under a couple months, actually. And then we were able to cash flow down that property for multiple years to come. Yeah, that's awesome. And are you guys doing this in-state, out-of-state, in your backyard? What's that look like? Yeah, so we're doing this in-state and out-of-state right now. We have a community of investors that we work with in Trailer Cash Academy where, you know, if it's not in our backyard, if it's not in a super easy location for us to get to, we can reach out and leverage other people's time. They can be the boots on the ground. We can help manage or fund the deal and we can just partner together and make it happen. So we're doing deals all across the nation 
And so are a lot of our students. And just by having that community and that network to reach out to. That's kind of like what you mentioned earlier, Jay. You mentioned that term leverage, right? So early on, you guys were leveraging experience of your mentors. Now you're leveraging, you know, not only that experience and the knowledge you've gained over the years, but now your network, you've built through Trailer Cash Academy, which I have to give it to you guys. One of the most clever names I've ever heard. <laughs> I appreciate it. Appreciate that, man. We thought of it and we were like, man, this has got a good ring to it. Let's go ahead and keep that. <laughs> so that is, let's go ahead and introduce it. It's Trailer Cash Academy, which is your guys' academy through teaching others to do what you've done. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we understand that individuals getting into the real estate investing space, they have a ton of options. If you're like us, you go to these conferences and they're throwing everything at you. You just don't know where to start. And at the end of the day, many new investors simply want to close their first deal. So what we do is we help new real estate investors close their first deal with a niche called mobile home investing. So our main thing is we want you to come in, get your first deal closed. If you decide to be a pioneer and, you know, start a mobile home investing business. You know, we've got all the tools and resources to help you uh, build that business and sustain that success. But if you want to just gain this confidence and take it all over to the real estate world, you can do that too. It's just about getting that first deal done, getting that confidence, and then moving forward with your journey. Yeah, Jane Smear, I find that many new investors, once they have the right mindset, the next hurdle is saving up for that down payment, right? Say in your market, a rental property is Fifty or $100,000, that takes a sizable chunk of money to come up with a down payment just to get started. But in this asset class, that cost is way lower than it would be with a single family home or other type of property. So it's a very easy entry point for that kind of beginner real estate investor. Yeah, that's the big idea about it. It's like, hey, you know, if you're just trying to go out there and cash flow just one single family home and you're just going the regular traditional route of getting a loan in order to get that deal going, we feel like that's the wrong way to go about it. And especially when you're talking about that down payment, let's just say the down payment on that home is 60 or $70,000. Like a lot of people just don't have that amount of money, you know, sitting around. And even if you do have that amount of money, think about how many mobile home deals you can buy. Let's just say you find a bunch of mobile homes at $5,000 a piece. You do the math on that. Your money can go a lot further with mobile home investing and then you can gain cash flow a lot quicker as well. Although the cash flow with mobile homes, we're talking four to 10 years of solid cash flow versus you know 30 plus years with you know real estate investing. But at the end of the day, if you look at the value of your time and your money and the ROI, it should, can't be beat with mobile yeah, home investing. And that was our big idea when we first got into it. When we were really running the numbers and doing the research, we we're like, man, this is what it costs to live. This, you know, let's just say it's $3,000 is what all of our bills add up to. If we're cash flowing mobile homes at $300 a piece, that's just 10 mobile homes and we're out of our jobs. And so that was the mindset behind what we were doing. We're like, man, that kind of drove us. That gave us the energy. Like we could do 10. Mm -hmm. 10 doesn't seem too bad. And uh, we can get our money back within under six months on these and then continue to reinvest it and reinvest it. So that was the big idea when we first got started. So low point of entry, velocity of money, you know, a high demand for, you know, people needing affordable communities and affordable places to live. All those things marry up to an awesome business model for investors like ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't take this for granted, you know, and uh, there's a lot of people out there that are like, hey, are there too many people in this space? Is it saturated? You know, people ask the same thing about the regular real estate investing market. It's not saturated. In fact, I said this before. 
The affordable housing crisis is here. So the demand for these homes is at an all time high and people need your help. So we need more investors in this industry. Yeah, it's such an abundant mindset. You come at it from 2J like, you know, there's not like a finite. Well, there is a finite number of mobile homes out there, but you can't personally buy them all both, right? The both of you. So there's parks out there and people out there that you can't serve that you can help others serve. Exactly. We know how much it costs us to live. So to go out there and do every single mobile home deal out there, that's just not, you know, in our interest. We don't desire that whatsoever. We actually choose to go out there and serve more people because again, we can't be too many places at once. We'd rather help provide this knowledge to have other people go out there and serve the marketplace. Well, I have to ask you guys, are there any kind of myths or anything you've dispelled or uncovered being mobile home park investors that maybe somebody from the outside thinks of or doesn't think of? Any kind of like insider secrets yeah. or something you got into and realized that you didn't know before you got into it? Well, I think one of the biggest things that we get is, hey, you know, people that live in mobile homes, they don't make payments, right? Even if you are doing seller financing or, you know, let's just say you bought a home at a great price and you're trying to resell it for quick cash. People that live in mobile home parks, they don't have money to cash you out really quickly, do they? We feel like that's a myth. You know, a lot of the individuals that live in mobile home parks, they actually choose to live there. They actually choose to live a more affordable way of living. And these individuals, they're very hardworking. A lot of them are blue collar workers. A lot of them even have a very high 700 plus credit scores. So a lot of people, they think that these individuals won't pay, but we have not had a problem with individuals that we've been working with as far as seller financing. We've had we've not had a problem with buying homes and selling them for quick cash. These people are great. They're hardworking. They make their payments. And that, st- that stigma just doesn't make sense. It's truly false. Yeah, that's good to know. That's great. Yeah. Well, how about any kind of like investor metrics you guys look at when you're looking at a new deal and a market you like? Do you have any kind of rules of thumb that you quickly down and dirty kind of give a quick analysis to mobile homes? Yeah. So again, we use multiple strategies. So it's kind of like it really, really how we approach this is it's not about what we want. We actually go to the client and really try to serve them and meet them where they're at. So sometimes, you know, clients are asking retail price for their property, but they deserve it. They've kept it up. They've upgraded it. Yeah, we're not trying to take that away from you. So we would use a different strategy where maybe we're just going to list the property for you. Whereas, you know, if the home does need a lot of repairs, they're really motivated. Maybe they're being evicted from the park. You know, there's a whole other way to handle those as far as, you know, this is what we can offer you. We have to pay back taxes, back lot rent. So there's not just one hard and fast rule. What I will say is it's very similar in the sense of real estate. We got to do our comparables. We got to look at what's selling in the park, what's not selling, and doing a lot of testing and research to really become that market expert. And then it becomes a lot easier to be able to recognize deals and be able to recognize you know, how we can serve when we're more educated on the market. And then the community as well. Yeah. You're fixing, flipping, single family homes. The community that the home is in, that plays a factor as well. It's the same way with mobile home parks. You've got five-star communities. You've got one-star communities. Yeah, right. Some better than the other. So <laughs> yeah. we have a few factors that come into play to help us, you know, get the assessment of the home. Yeah. Whereas like single family homes, they can be a little bit more straightforward, kind of cookie cutter. You know, your 1% rent to value ratio kind of applies, you know, you tweak it based on whatever market you're in. But mobile home parks, there's a lot more variables. Like you said, like, where's it at within a park? You know, all these kind of different factors. Is it 
a brand new double wide? Is it a 1970s model single wide that hasn't had any maintenance upkeep since then? You know, there's just all these different factors. So in my personal approach and recently being interested in mobile home parks, that's one of the things I've been starting to kind of notice and wrap my head around is just all these nuances. For sure. Yeah. How are the access roles within the park? You know, how is the access to nearby schools, you know, gas stations, grocery stores? Are there any amenities within the park as well? Yeah, there's a lot of factors. I think in real estate, a lot of the real estate investors that come into mobile homes, they are used to having that, you know, they, you can look up all of the numbers online, yeah, you can right. find the exact value, you can narrow it down. Mobile home investing is not like that because in one park, there's so many different years and sizes of properties. And within, you know, one park across the street might be a one-star park. That's the values in that home are going to be completely different than the, you know, three-star park across the street. So there's a lot more factors. You kind of have to get out in the field a little bit more and get your hands dirty with this niche and just really learn, you know, what are the values of the properties? What can I resell this for? What's selling? What's not selling? So it takes a little bit more of that front-end research, but once you start to get it, it just starts to become second nature. Yeah. Well, to the audience members, Jane Samara, listening in right now thinking, wow, they are really onto something here. I'm pretty interested in this niche myself, but I don't know if I've got what it takes. Jay and Samara are clearly like go-getters, hustlers. They were able to overcome all these odds. They've probably got something I don't. What would you have to say to that? I would say the only thing that separates us, it's honestly just the way we use our time. You know, we like to think of what we're doing each day as habits, you know, and success habits and what have we formed? What have you not formed? That's the only thing. We're very intentional with our time. We go out there, we take massive action and some of our action isn't always perfect. We're not afraid (laughs) to make mistakes. We like to think of it as imperfect action. So we're not trying to be perfect. We're not trying to make no mistakes. We're just trying to take action. So, you know, if you're in that situation, I would just encourage you to get more education, get more skill sets and continue to take massive action. And you can get to where we're at, even surpass where we're at. Yeah. And I think we're big on, we're not know-it-alls, we're learning-alls. And even mm-hmm. into this day, you know, going into new markets, working with new students, we're still learning. So it's all about progress. I think focusing on, okay, maybe I'm not where Jay and Samir are right now. Or I, that's at least a benchmark that I'm trying to reach. Just making progress each and every day and just taking a step closer is really, really where the gold is at, is just making that progress and focusing on what you can do each day. Yeah. I love the mindset you guys bring to it. You know, just kind of the abundance mindset. You started with like a really strong reason why and, you know, wanting to progress and do better things for yourself in life. And, you know, you take consistent action. And I think that's really what has led you guys to where you're at, right? It's just like that action every single day. It's not like you, you know, spent all this time saving up and reading and, you know, just waiting and then taking action one day, like, you kind of got started probably a little bit before you felt you were ready and do that next deal a little bit before you feel you're ready and constantly pushing yourself. Yeah. And um, having the right people around us, Samira mentioned earlier, you know, you got to have people around you that's encouraging you, that's adding fuel to your fire. So gratefully, we've been able to have the right people in our corner. And even that first mentor we had where he scammed us for the 30,000, we're actually glad we went through that process because now we're able to recognize good character. And we just couldn't recognize the bad character traits that uh, he had because we had never gone through that process. Gosh, I mean, how do you top that with the mindset of like being grateful for losing $30,000 and turning it into a positive, right? Just goes to show your guys' mindset and I love it. 
Appreciate <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing at Trailer Cash Academy in terms of helping people do what you do. I know we touched on it a little bit, but if somebody's interested in learning, tell us exactly what they can do there. Yeah. So again, we train our students on, you know, it doesn't matter if you have any experience in real estate, any experience in mobile home investing. Our goal is to get you to become a market expert within 90 days or sooner and just learn from A to Z exactly how to do these deals, no matter what market you're in. So we do a ton of training. We provide that network and support that you need because we know it's not just about the knowledge. You can have a ton of books. You can watch all the courses, but until you have that support to actually get out there and you bump your head a few times, you're learning and you have some resources to kind of redirect you and re-guide you, that then it's really hard to keep going. So we do our best to just provide that support and that community to help you push forward as well. Awesome. We'll point people to that in just a minute. But before we wrap up for the day, let's go ahead and end with a lightning round. It's just a series of questions we like to fire at every one of our guests. Are you up for it? Absolutely. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So the question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what'd you do to overcome that? I think the biggest hurdle getting started was just, I think I mentioned this earlier, so many different avenues to choose from. You know, there we went to, you know, three or four different seminars. And when we first started, and I feel like we learned about every single avenue within real estate investing. So we just didn't know, you know, which one applied to us, right? Yeah. And it was hard to know who to trust. I mean, there's so many companies out there and mentors and people saying they're doing all of these things. And it was very, very hard to kind of discern who, where should I be going and who should I trust to help me get closer to my goals. So I think that was one of the biggest struggles. But like Jay just mentioned, I think stumbling a few times, making some mistakes, we really learned how to pick out character and do our research. Um, And now whenever we bring on new mentors or coaches, there's a whole process we put them through because it's about not only do you have the knowledge, do you have the results that I want, but do we resonate with your character? And so kind of learning that process has helped us a ton. Yeah, I love that. Well, do you have a personal habit, Jay and Samara, both of you, that contributes to your success? Oh, absolutely, man. My personal habit that I do each and every day, I get a good workout in at least 30 minutes of pure sweating activity. I think of my body as my weapon and I look at just going into the world, operating our business as the war. So the only weapon I have is my body. So I have to fuel it right and I have to make sure I'm sharpening my tool each and every day. And that's the working out. That's the sweat that's doing the work. And I feel like that helps me operate at a higher level of performance each and every day because I've already did the hard work, which is outdoing myself, making myself sweat, going the extra mile just simply for me that makes business and things that come along with business a lot easier to get through. Yeah, I try to keep up with Jay (laughs) on the workout, but um, I would say, you know, I think taking that time to really focus on gratitude and on vision and that reflection time that I take in the morning is huge for me because it's easy to get caught up in comparison. It's easy to get caught up, you know, feeling down on yourself. But until you take a moment and say, hey, how far have I come? Where am I trying to go? What is that next step? And just taking those moments of reflection and meditation have been super powerful for me just to kind of energize me in the morning. I usually do it in the morning. And it fires me up for my day because I feel an abundance. I feel uh, so much gratefulness just to be able to have the opportunity to push forward today. Yeah, great habits. I love both of those. You guys are both obviously crushing it in each of those respective fields. So awesome. Well, do you guys each have an online resource you find valuable in your day to day? 
Yeah. So there's a lot. There's a lot of resources. I mean, there's your phone has an abundance of tools. Jeez, I think yeah. <laughs> um, it's tough to just pick one. I would say our CRM has been super powerful. We actually use Active Campaign, which okay. is an email sender, but it's also a place where you have, can have your pipeline and your contacts. And we have our whole business in there. And so as we've grown, as we've added new team members, this has been a great place for us to communicate on uh, projects and leads and things that are coming into our pipeline. Now that we're working with students across the nation, when we have leads come in in different markets, it just keeps us organized and we're able to communicate with thousands of buyers and our sellers without us having to do everything ourselves. So I think our, our CRM has been one of our best tools. And then on top of that, you know, using Google Calendar, just being oh, yeah, able to I love it. <laughs> block out our time, color code it, we can see it. You know, our team has their own calendar. It's uh, really, really useful. It keeps us organized and, you know, it helps us intentionally plan the way we want to feel and knowing what's expected of us each and every day. So Google Calendar. Yeah, huge. That's what's up. Yeah. <laughs> that huge. If you don't schedule your day, somebody will schedule it for you, right? Exactly. There we go. Exactly. <laughs> well, Jane Samaria, what book would you recommend to the audience members and why? It sounds like you guys did a lot of reading and still do. So I'm curious about this. Sure. Yeah. yeah I would go with High Performance Habits by Brendan Bouchard. Yeah. Okay. When you talk about, you know, reprogramming your mind and creating success habits, Brendan does just that. He has you looking at every area of your life every aspect of your life and just creating long lasting, sustainable habits. Because I think a lot of people wake up and they try to check things off of a task list and they try to get some quick motivation. But, you know, those things are not sustainable for the long haul. So that book is really going to get you in the right state of mind and actually learn from what high performers, high performers in different industries around the world are doing to not only achieve that success, but sustain it each and every day. Yeah. And uh, right now I'm reading a book called The Calling by Ra Goddess. And it's basically about how to tap into yourself and really pull out what's your higher purpose in life and how to not only figure out what that purpose is and figure out what your calling is, but how to monetize it and how to serve your community. So I think this is huge for someone that's just getting started. They're not too sure what their purpose or their passion is. They're kind of like dabbling in different areas. This will help give you the clarity and the guidance to actually pull that out of you and learn how to actually take that and get over some of those money mindset issues to actually learn how to monetize it. Awesome. So that's the calling and high performance habits. We'll link both of those in the show notes. Thanks for those recommendations. Jay, Samara, last question in the lightning round is if you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you go back and tell yourself? I would tell myself to get focused, get started. (laughs) Stop worrying about the unintentional time you're wasting. Like, let's start to get focused and start to focus on where your money is going, where your time, where your energy, where your desire, and where your faith is going. Let's start to create a grand vision for your life. And let's start to take some imperfect action into becoming the person you dream about. Yeah, I, I was going to say, get out of the bar. I'm, just kidding. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm not supposed to be there at 20, but, you know, things happen. Uh, yeah, um, but nonetheless, you know, really focus on how to become more in yourself. I think it all begins with you. And so working on building those good habits, focusing on where is your time going? Where is your money going? Just becoming more aware of who you are in this moment and who you want to become. That all is part of the process. 
gosh, I wish you guys would have caught me when I was 20. I was being such a bonehead. And if I had these kind of mindsets and the people like you around me, I would have been who knows where by now. So I love it. I wish I would have had me around me at that time. (laughs) Well, guys, hey, it's been so much fun talking about your journey and how you guys kind of broke out of that nine to five kind of lifestyle and went out and built something for yourself. Super inspiring. You guys have a very relatable story to many people out there. And it just goes to show that, you know, if you put enough time and dedication towards what you're passionate about, you know, you can really, you know, make great results in just a few short years like you guys have. Absolutely. Thank you. We appreciate it. We've had fun on, on this uh, interview and this time with you, and we hope we brought some value to your audience. Yeah, thank you for having us as well. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Well, before we leave here, tell people where they can go and check out more about what you're doing, who you guys are, and connect with you if they have any other questions. Absolutely. So the best place to get started and, and learn more about us is on YouTube. We've got a ton of free trainings there. You can go to youtube.com slash trailer cash academy and cash is with a C. And so you can learn a ton about, um, you know, how to get started, what this niche is about, even hearing some stories from some of our students that have been successful with this. So you can figure out if this is the right lane for you. And then we also have, you could always go to trailercashacademy.com and check out our website and check out some of our testimonials there as well. Awesome. So that's Trailer Cash Academy and the YouTube channel. We'll link both of those in the show notes for our audience members to pick up. Jay and Samara, hey, it was so great having you on the show. Thanks so much for coming on. And thank you for having us. All right. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome. All right. That wraps up this week's episode with our guests, Jay and Samara Harvey. Hey, I hope you got so much actionable content from that conversation, as well as found Jay and Samara's story as inspiring as I did. I love talking with guests just like this on the podcast and bringing you such actionable great advice from all of our weekly guest interviews, and I really hope you're enjoying those Friday Fundamentals. This podcast was brought to you by Ayers Acquisitions. Ayers Acquisitions is a real estate investment company that acquires cash-flowing real estate in emerging markets. With a focus on multifamily investments, we seek value-add opportunities in recession-resistant properties and markets that generate strong returns for our qualified investors. To learn more about investment strategies and processes, you can visit www.airsacquisitions.com. There, you can schedule a call with me personally to connect further. Until next week, engineer the lifestyle you want. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.